KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. When it comes to honoring and respecting our veterans, are we getting some things wrong? Saying thank you for your service, for instance. Maybe despite our best intentions, we've been missing the mark. Veterans, they have different points of view on the thank you for your service. There is a feeling among some that it's almost a way for someone to pat themselves on the back and check a box. Dr. Robert Kodosky is a professor at Westchester University. He's an expert in military history, has worked with veterans from all of the modern American wars, and wonders whether we might need to rethink how we portray our veterans, too. Whatever that one image is, people see it, whether in a film, a TV show, and they say, okay, that's what veterans are. I always think, you know, instead of just thanking veterans for their service, you know, maybe we should ask the question, I mean, how can I be of service to you? You know, what can I do? How can I help? I'm Matt Leon. Today on KYW News Radio In Depth, can we do a better job of putting the sacrifices and contributions of our veterans in the right context? I know this is a very busy time for you. You are getting ready to, to host an event on campus. You'll also be speaking at the National Constitution Center. Kind of talk a little bit about, first of all, this event that you're going to actually have a couple of World War II veterans in to speak? Kind of, kind of this really interesting the way it all unfolded. When we were coming out of the pandemic, near Westchester University is People's Light Theater. And I called for tickets. They were having a concert series. And I was on the phone with the person, and she noticed my email address, WCUPAEDU. Asked me if I taught there. I said, yes. What do you teach? History. Started to talk. And she started to talk a little bit about her late husband, who was a film critic in Philadelphia for a number of years, contributed nationally. Pretty renowned guy by the name of Stephen Friedman. They called him Mr. Movie. Fortunately, he passed away about 20 years ago. But together, they had built this big movie memorabilia collection. And I said, well, that sounds really interesting. You know, maybe we can talk about doing something with it. And so I went and she is passionate about the history of the Second World War and, you know, had this pretty substantial collection. I had worked with an art professor. Uh, His name is Chris Benedict. We brought up some art from the Marine Corps. Uh, They have combat artists in the Marine Corps, and we exhibited that at WCU in 2019, and it went over pretty well. And so he was down to do this. And we kind of had the idea that, you know, we wanted to exhibit this stuff and, you know, sort of uh, for real and for real, right? R-E-E-L and R-E-A-L, the history and the film to sort of look at it. Sort of out of the blue, I learned about a student at Westchester University, wonderful young man by the name of Adam McMillan, who does some work with a foundation that accompanies World War II veterans back to Europe. Back, they, they go back, they visit Normandy, they do a little tour over there. And he came to my office at the beginning of the semester and, and we started to talk. He had taken a group of veterans back this past summer and he began collecting artifacts from the Second World War. And so talked to him about Michelle's stuff, and all of a sudden, we're all collaborating on an exhibit. The the opening is on Thursday. We have a a couple of World War II veterans that are going to join us. 
One landed on D-Day at Utah Beach, and the other gentleman, similar sort of situation, except his war ended when he took a bullet from a Nazi sniper. They're going to join us, and we have set up in the gallery space sort of the film memorabilia and, you know, the actual artifacts to, you know, get people thinking about, you know, specifically the, the, the gap between sort of the cinematic representations of the Second World War and the history, but then also, you know, more generally than that, you know, regarding conflict and war and things, media representations, whether film or video games or anything else. Along those lines, what is the biggest thing that we've gotten wrong in the way World War II is kind of presented? I think important is to think about the Second World War really as a movie war. I mean, you know, sometimes we forget film was pretty new when the United States got involved in the Second World War. And in recent memory, then was the First World War. And talk about brutal and bloody, and one that ended in a way that wasn't politically satisfying for a lot of people. One that made a grand promise to Americans by the president to win a war to make the world safe for democracy. And quickly it became apparent that wasn't gonna happen. Massive disillusionment, veterans issues in the 1930, in 1932, you know, a march to Washington, veterans- The bonus marchers. The United States Army, President Hoover sick the United States Army on veterans. So you have this ugly, and there was a genuine apathy about what was happening in Europe and the United States. And, you know, a feeling from the government that they needed to really sell American involvement in the Second World War. And sometimes we lose sight of that now, right, because of the way we look back on it. The government created something called the Office of Wartime Information because the United States does information, not propaganda. And we, you know, had Hollywood involved and they were making movies, you know, that that were very, I mean, romantic even while the war was going on, right? You know, very sort of uh, censored and sanitized to build up morale. And one of the impacts of that is Jonathan Shays, who's a combat psychiatrist, says that what veterans need most is a community of engaged listeners. In other words, people who are really willing to invest the time and the interest in each individual veteran's story, because each one is different. Veterans sometimes talk about their war because of where they were and when they were there. Paul Fossil, who wrote a great book on the Second World War called Wartime, meant to sort of deal with some of the mythology, and and he was a veteran himself. He said, you know, veterans are quiet because they quickly learn nobody's interested in what they have to say. So, you know, when you take those two things together, One thing that World War II films continued to do, obviously, was romanticize and sort of look at that conflict in that way, leading to, you know, sort of this idea that 
World War II veterans came back and they were quiet and they just went back to work. There's a great book, Soldier from War Returning Home. And some of the issues that World War II veterans faced because there was this disconnect between the way the American population idealized the war and what their actual experience was. They didn't call it post-traumatic stress at the time, but after World War II, there were about 10,000 veterans being treated every month. There there were issues with alcoholism. There were issues with homelessness and and all the rest. Part of the impact of that film or, or those films sort of grew out of that World War II trying, you know, as a reaction almost to World War I, right? Another effect of that is I've worked a lot with Vietnam War veterans. Vietnam War veterans, when they went to Vietnam, it was their dads who were in the Second World War. And they learned about World War and World War II from World War II movies, John Wayne and all the rest. And when they went to Vietnam, part of their confusion and disillusionment came from, wow, what the hell's this? This isn't you know, the, the kind of war that, you know, we, we've been taught about at home. But, you know, I think the films along the lines we're talking are problematic in, in those ways. But I think, I think a, another issue that I'm not quite sure that we've resolved is that when you look at what America mobilized and put in uniform during that time period, it was about 14 million out of a population, a total population of like 130 million. And the draft age population of young men was about 30 million. And we fought with 89 divisions in a two front war with a president who proclaimed us and, and really truly what we were, an arsenal of democracy. Meaning that, you know, we put much of our resources into the production of armaments and you know supplying allies including the Soviet Union so when you look at the history certainly americans were essential to the war effort and contributed vitally but when you look at the american participation particularly on the continent remember we arrived in earnest in june of 1944 and the war concluded in April of 1945. We mobilized 14 million, of which about a half a million were infantrymen, and they saw the combat. The Soviet Union mobilized something like 34 million. <laughs> you know, so one of the things I think the films tend to do, and obviously there are many of them come out of Hollywood, is they very tightly focus on a small group of Americans, typically, you know, sort of the Saving Private Ryan model, right? You have sort of the Captain America, who's the quiet leader of the group. You have kind of the crazy guy from down south who from, you know, back home, he could shoot a squirrel from a a thousand feet. You have kind of the wise guy from Brooklyn. You know, he doesn't like officers. He likes wine, women, and song. And he's always, but you know, he's good. And then, you know, there's often a Jewish guy who's, you know, maybe a little reluctant to be there, you know, steps up and then becomes a martyr. In a lot of these films, it's like that small group kind of marches across Europe and wins the war. And it leaves out, you know, 
the, the British perspective and the French perspective and the Soviet perspective, it sort of, it kind of feeds this idea that the United States singularly won the Second World War. And, and that creates some issues, you know, for us in the way others perceive us and the way we think of ourselves. And none of that is to diminish what the United States did do or, you know, the soldiers and the population and everyone else. But the films, they're not very good at the context and they're, and they're not very good at, you know, being a little bit more careful with the actual history. We need to take a break. We will have more with Dr. Robert Kodosky right after this. This is KYW News Radio In-Depth. A Philadelphia dentist today was sentenced to 22 years in prison and fined $100,000. This was just unbelievable. You gotta understand the genius in Larry. Nobody was doing coke at this point. No one could believe that this highly educated, young, handsome man was this kingpin drug dealer. This is Wolves Among Us, the Larry Lavitt story. A documentary podcast from C13 Originals, a Cadence 13 studio. Listen now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation with Dr. Robert Kudoski. It seems to me that disconnect from the reality of what the military is, we don't really know how to handle talking to somebody about their military service. And now every person is put on a pedestal that serves. And I think, I don't know that that's healthy. Either if I'm I'm making sense here, like we've gone so far because we have no concept, no connection to the military, you turn everything into kind of hero worship. And I, I don't think that's good either. Am I making sense? Yeah, no, it's I mean, less than one percent serve in the military today. Right. And the issues, you know, post 911 generation, the Estimates I've seen are something like 36% suffer from post-traumatic stress. A little over 7,000 killed in action in Afghanistan and Iraq, while 30,000 veterans in, in, and also in uniform suicide deaths. So, you know, there, there are clearly some issues here. And some of it has to do, I mean, veterans, again, they have different points of view on the thank you for your service. There is a feeling among some that it's almost a way for someone to pat themselves on the back and check a box. And there's a lot of literature out there. I've worked with warrior writers and, and there are other organizations that have you know, tried to utilize the arts and humanities to help veterans and also to sort of get the message out there about how to have conversations, how to have dialogue. And and it really is, I mean, it really does boil down to demonstrating, you know, a real interest in the person and, you know, and not simplifying their experience. I mean, you know, people might not know the difference between a Marine and a soldier, but to just express interest in learning about that, you know, so, you know, what branch were you in? So you were a Marine. I don't know much about the Marines. What's, what's that like? You know, I... Sometimes things can go very wrong. You know, I one of the frustrations I, I advise our student veterans on campus, and I've done that, I don't know, since about 2008. And at the time, we had no veteran center. We had, but we had them coming to campus on GI Bill, and they ended up in my they ended up in my class because I teach a course on the Vietnam War, 
they had heard a lot of comparisons to Vietnam and they were trying to contextualize their experience a little bit, right? Because when they're in, they're just doing a job. Now, when they get out, one of the frustrations was that you are suddenly amongst a group of people who don't know where Ramadi is, have no idea where Kabul is. The, the population in the most recent wars were basically told, we need to sort of go back to normal, right? We need to resume our life. Why do they hate us? Because of our values. So we need to embrace our values. Don't worry, we got this. But what that meant was is 99% of the population checked out. And when you have less than 1% of the population living a pretty intense existence, likely having some traumatic experiences and not really getting the training for that going into the military. And while the military continues to work to do things better, you know, especially at the beginning of this, basically, okay, now you're on your own. That was jarring for, for a, a lot of veterans. And I have to say too about all of this, because, you know, the, the last project I worked on, it was a World War II project, a book about the connection between the Tuskegee Airmen and African-American unit during the Second World War and Philadelphia. Philadelphia contributed more pilots to that unit than any other city in the country except for Chicago. Two of the most important individuals that were in that unit, a guy by the name of Alfred Anderson, they called him the chief. He really was the guy responsible Eleanor Roosevelt showed up in Tuskegee and she wanted to go up in a plane and he was there in a plane and her people said, well, you're not going up with him. And she said, why not? And she got into the plane, much to her aides horror. press took photos of it. And all of a sudden there was funding down there to create, you know, a unit. Anderson grew up in Bryn Mawr, right down the street, younger guy by the name of Roscoe Draper grew up. They called him the coach. He trained 95% of the pilots who, you know, flew for the Tuskegee unit. He's still around. He lives in North Jersey. He's 102 years old now and just an amazing guy. Their experience during World War II is almost completely non-existent in film or otherwise, right? Because here you're talking about a group of people who had to fight for their right to fight for their country. And then while they were in the military, they continued to have to fight to get deployed. Some of them did. Some of them never did. And when their war ended overseas, it kept going here. They, and to their great credit, you know, there are still several of what we call the originals alive in Philadelphia. They rolled up their sleeves and got to work. They became edu educators and legislators and did some pretty remarkable things. Also lacking from a lot of those representations, including from the Tuskegee Airmen, one of the people that I worked with on the project, her name is Miss Alma Bailey. She's 98 years old now. Well, she was a nurse in the unit. We, we put women on the cover of the book and, and called the first chapter Ladies First, because as, it, as difficult as it was for you know, the black men throughout the whole process, Imagine the experience of a black woman as a veteran. We, we don't do a very good job, I guess what I'm saying, recognizing the diversity of the veteran experience. 
you know, in, in any way. People, because we have so little contact generally, whatever that one image is, you know, Rambo, it, it could be good, it could be bad, it could be indifferent. People see it, whether in a film, a TV show, and they say, okay, that's what veterans are, right? They all have post-traumatic stress, or they're all, you know, this, they're all war crazy, they're all conservative, they're all whatever. That's the part that we need to get better at. And, you know, and I always think, you know, instead of just thanking veterans for their service, you know, maybe we should ask the question, I mean, how can I be of service to you? You know, what can I do? How can, how can I help? If people want to check out this exhibit, kind of give us the the where, the when, the how, what will they see? What do they need to do? Is it something you can just come out to? Do they need to get tickets? Uh, how does it work? That's a great question. So it's in our Nauer, K-N-A-U-E-R gallery on campus. Big parking lot right outside. The gallery space is open until the end of the semester, I think December 12th. If you catch this interview in time, you can see Dr. Robert Kodosky give a talk on Veterans Day, Friday, November 11th, called Securing Post-War Peace, A History of America's Veterans at the National Constitution Center in Philadelphia. For more information, visit constitutioncenter.org slash calendar. And that's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.